0: recording just because I, i'll something forget might happen.
1: yeah something yeah. good might happen
0: uh so i kind of have a little bit of a stomach ache uh i ate what I a really what i thought was going to be a really good meal and something in it wasn't great it's not good not good so my stomach's a little like uh, gurgly uh so i'm just saying that the,
1: i don't think the mic's going to pick that up <laughs> i don't i don't think it will I okay, think it'll be good. okay. I think let's. I think we'll be if okay. If I have to run to the bathroom, oh man, that uh, might be a problem. Just keep it running. Yeah, <laughs> just keep it running.
2: <laughs> and if you want us to hear the gurgling, I mean, you oh, have the portable mic, so you can true. flip it around, and we can have some so- sound effects for this. Episode. Do you? Do you oh need to do God. this another
1: day? Like, no. would you feel more comfortable? No, no. I, don't, I, don't, I do not no. want. That's just a horrible feeling. I have a really funny story. I lived in South America. Mm. Okay. And we get there and I unpack my stuff. My, my partner's like, we got to go visit this family. Okay. Realize I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona, mm-hmm. big city. Mm-hmm. I'm in Paraguay. Okay. In the boondocks <laughs> and they don't have a bathroom. And I had just eaten the food for the first time in oh, South America. No. And my stomach's gurgling. I'm like, no. Hey, I gotta go to the bathroom. And the dude no. laughs at me. He goes, it's outside. <laughs> You gotta be kidding oh, no. So I start touching the ground to yeah. find the hole in the ground. Uh-huh. And I start dropping my pants like we do. Uh-huh. And there's no toilet paper. <sighs> so I'm like, oh my God. You know, when you're like no. you're just holding yourself so tight. Yeah. Yeah. Squeezing it. I walk back in. I'm like, dude, I need some toilet paper. So he's laughing at me and gives me this roll of toilet paper. And in the roll, there's like these little shards of wood. Oh god. Literally, like it's no. what we have. And I'm thinking. I'm dying because I'm, I'm going to put a splinter in my butthole. Like, yep. I get back out there. Yep. It's pitch dark <laughs> no. and I start filling around and not to be gross, but I squat down and yeah. I just let it go. Yeah. I hear this. I'm like, what? Something flies out of the bottom and hits me right in the butthole. Now
0: what? Now 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 what?
2: What gonna now, what? Now what? What, gonna now what now
1: what now what now what now what now what i swear to you no. i jumped why am i jumped and i start taking off running it's Wait, a chicken that's... there was a I chicken down in the bottom of this thing eating poop and it got surprised as i did when it dropped on him and it oh my gosh uh. Oh that was God. day one yeah so anyways <laughs> okay that was pretty good yeah that was, that was amazing. You, you that, i think that, that takes it that's you the that's like that. a topper that's oh, yeah oh man sorry i shouldn't have i don't have a like i don't
0: have a story like that i can't yeah.
2: talk that i have wow, nothing close to that
0: not nothing at no. least
1: that you'll t- admit to tomorrow right i know
2: no oh. i you know what knock on wood i have not been in a place where i don't even want to say it out loud yet in my (laughs) adult life i mean it's there it's been close where you're driving in the car and i'm like (gasps) oh boy not the leather but yeah you
1: realize how strong you are when you have to go to the bathroom yeah it's true
2: (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) sorry all right guys yeah my bad we're here
3: Yes,
0: we're here uh we're gonna be uh doing this little We're going to be having a conversation. I'm hanging out with my friend Tamar Medford, and I'm hanging
2: out with my friend Lane Kennedy.
0: And we're hanging out with Brock Bevel. And I'm super stoked to be having this conversation. You can already tell we're in the flow of things here. Uh, I can't top that story, Brock. I wish I could. No.
1: I wish I could. Well, when you open your podcast up talking about poop, I mean, it can only go so many different ways, right? We're going to, we could talk about poop here. We
3: could oh, I got because, stories.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. This this uh, specific topic could lead to poop. It's poopy, it's a poopy topic. It is a poopy and topic.
2: Everybody does it. So why don't we talk about it? Why are we so timid, it's you know? One more
0: thing that we don't talk about. Exactly.
2: Poop. Like poop. if you need to go, you need to go. <laughs> it's
0: true. <laughs> uh, so my friends, thanks for being here. Uh, this is the Now What Society. I started the conversation off saying my stomach was a little off and we got sidetracked on this conversation around poop. But really we're here to talk about a really serious subject matter. Uh and I don't know where to start. Tamar, do you know where you want to start?
2: I've got some notes. Okay, because you know, no, no. it's 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 one of those topics that, you know, we're talking about fentanyl. And I am so grateful that I got clean and sober 10 years ago because I can't even imagine what life would be like today because I wasn't afraid to put anything in my body. Right. Mm -hmm. And and that scares me. That is probably a a huge reason as to what scares me the most to relapse is because I'm one of those people that I'd be like, Well, I've screwed up my date. I'm just gonna go all in, right? I'm gonna do everything while I'm Mm -hmm. while I've I've relapsed. So, you know, I I remember having surgery. And I got a shot of morphine and I just remember mm. it like flowing into my body and thinking, mm. wow, this is amazing. But fentanyl is so much stronger.
1: So, morphine, Yeah, 60 yeah. to 100% more. So you yeah. like, let's quantify it this way. If you are in a traffic accident and you break your femur, which mm-hmm. is the biggest bone in your body you get transported to the hospital on the way to the hospital, they're giving you morphine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which you feel nothing. Mm -hmm. You get some morphine. You're like in la la land. Mm -hmm. The problem is you get fentanyl think. And if it's that much more potent, 60 to a hundred times more potent, Mm -hmm. think about where that's taking you.
0: Yeah. Out of your mind. I can't out of your mind. So we're talking about this serious subject matter Uh, Because I had my first conversation with my son. Uh, He is just days away from turning 13. And we are just about ready to celebrate his birthday. And his birthday
3: happens to fall on Halloween. And Brock posted this article over on Instagram
0: about fentanyl and Halloween candy, or no, it was, um, what was it? The little Skittles, 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 bag. Yeah. Skittles, Skittles. And I freaked the F out. I was like, whoa. So I had this conversation with my son and I thought, this is a conversation that a lot of parents need to be having with their kids right now. We need to open this conversation up. And I'll tell you, Brock, tomorrow, it was not an easy conversation. This is not the conversation that I wanted to have with him. And he was like, Whoa, what is my mother talking about? He knows that I am a member of a 12 step program, he knows that I am in long term recovery, but this was out of his league. But I felt it so important to bring to the table because when you showed that stuff, I was like, This is crazy! This is absolutely crazy. So, Brock, I want you to share um, a little bit about yourself, a little bit about how you got involved with the work that you're doing because I know you're doing such good work, you're on the front lines. Uh, so Let's just, I give you a warm welcome and thank you mm. for being here. Uh, let's hear from you for a while.
1: No, this is awesome. I'm so excited. I was actually going through my phone really quick because I wanted uh, to give you a, a glimpse of what's really happening. So uh, my name is Brock Bevel. Like you say, I own, I own Victory Recovery. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a counseling center where we're helping men and women heal from addiction. I got started because I was a police officer working narcotics Uh, working in in some of those type of cases. And I was run over. My injuries were so severe, multiple surgeries, multiple medications, multiple doctors. And because of that, I got hooked on opioids and I got hooked for 10 years. You know, the thing that makes me the maddest is I injured my knee in a foot pursuit early in my career, started taking opioids and I knew I was, I knew I liked them, right? I, I could feel it, but the desire, the purpose to get back to work overshadowed everything else. When I sustained my last injury, I went to the doctor and the doctor told me, Brock, you're a cop. You won't get hooked on this stuff. And I remember him saying that, like, it was like, okay, car blanche, right? I'm not going to get hooked because I'm a cop. So I can take as much as I want. Then what happened was they retired me because of my injuries. And then I started self-medicating because I liked the way it made me feel it quashed all that other pain. Physical pain was there. Yeah, a little bit. But it was the mental pain that the opioids, the more opioids I took, the better I felt. So mm-hmm. that's where, that's who I am. I, I'm, I am. I'm I'm on the front lines of this op- opioid epidemic, this fentanyl e- epidemic. And I guess that just means I talk about it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I I've mm-hmm. testified in court about it in federal court and, and, but the thing is like, parents don't understand. I, I, and I appreciate you Lane, for talking to your boy, 13 years old. The problem is if you're a parent out there and you're like, well, when should I have that conversation
3: Mm -hmm.
1: now? Yeah, it's now now. it is. And it's the same thing with like, when do we have that sex conversation? It's not comfortable. (laughs) But when we start talking about it, they're like, dad, mom, I already know about this stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm more, I already know about it at school. And that's the problem. We're about two years too late. It's the same thing with our government. We're too late on this fentanyl epidemic. It's, it bombarded us so fast Mm -hmm. that now we're like, oh, damn, what do we do? And so that's kind of what I'm glad that you're talking about. I'm glad you're having this conversation. But parents, you got to jump on today.
0: Uh, So let's back up to the opioid crisis for a moment, right? And how fentanyl has suddenly taken over or infiltrated street drugs. Everything. Like, like, how did that, like, how did it transfer? How did it sneak in there? Or were we just blindsided by it? Like, give me some more,
1: give us some more information. I mean, there's so many ideas about this, but basically the traffickers realize it's a supply and demand thing. We demand it, they supply it. Um, And what's crazy is you never hear about these guys that are using heroin for 30 years dying. No. Right. The, no. we we have ogs so, no. that are used yeah. heroin for yep. 30 years well yep. you're not hearing that you're yep. not going to have this fentanyl user of a 30 year fentanyl user
3: mm-hmm.
1: it's just not going to happen because what they're doing is the cartels the traffickers understand that they can smash fentanyl into any drug out there Ugh. including marijuana um, i don't know if you saw it yesterday but this this article three students hospitalized for ingesting homemade candy and it was it was uh, from cereal and they smashed it into the cereal these kids did it yesterday um and it's just and then the other one this is brand new fentanyl that just came out on the streets Uh it looks like the old certs right the candy the the mints we used to take Mm -hmm. and so what's happening in in the skittles thing and in the runt bag the cartels know that they gotta mask it they gotta get into the u.s are we gonna find fentanyl in a halloween basket no that's not what they're doing What they are doing is they're using anything to mask fentanyl to get it inside the US Mm -hmm. in candy, in boxes of cereal, in rump box. I mean, whatever it's coming across.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to ask you what my son asked me. (laughs) He said, So he said, How are they getting it? How are they making it? How are they creating it? What this is what he was talking about. He's like, What are the, what is the actual drug, Ma? Awesome,
1: awesome. So check this out. So we know where heroin comes from, right? It's an opioid derivative. Yep. Yep. So it takes years to prepare opioid. So you're getting heroin. It's a lengthy process. Mm-hmm. Within the next couple of years, you'll never see another opioid plant. Why is that? Why? Yeah. Good question, fentanyl is a synthetic heroin it is made from chemicals. Yeah. Okay. It is, there are no plant-based in this. It's all chemicals that <sighs> use multiple di- different chemicals that are created in China. <sighs> the U.S. knows it's, it's, that's where the pharmaceuticals are coming from. Mm-hmm. So they're in a liquid format. They're coming from China being shipped to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And in Mexico, they're being put into um, powders okay, these powders are now placed in pill presses. So think about a pill press. They, I, the last I heard they can kick out about 20,000 pills an hour. So they put what? these chemicals wow. together in a pill press. They make them the color. They put the stamp on them. Everything that looked like just an, uh, an oxy, right? So they stamp them, they come out and they're just kicking out. So if you look at a, a fentanyl pill, an illicit pill versus a real one, Mm-hmm. There are little differences,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but you're not going to be able to tell. So the cartels are getting these chemicals. They're putting them into these pill presses. They're kicking out these pills. That's mm-hmm. why you used to see uh, an arrest of 30,000. Oh, we, we see 30,000 pills. We see 17,000 pills. Now, if you Google fentanyl over the last probably month, two months, mm-hmm. 2 million, Jesus. 4 million, 5 million. And that's what we're talking about. And these pills, and and for your son's case, because I think this is really important, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: we call it the chocolate chip effect. This is because these these guys in Mexico, they're not pharmacists. Uh They don't know, they can't quantify all these drugs. They don't know how to weigh them out. They're not perfect at mixing a pill. Like you get a hybrid, uh, like an ibuprofen, it's the same thing every time.
3: Yeah.
1: Right? There's no difference in that ibuprofen. Yep. same strength, same pill, everything. Well, fentanyl was absolutely different. I, I love chocolate chip cookies, but when I get a chocolate chip cookies that doesn't have chocolate chips in them, I'm like, what the hell was that? Like, why am I biting <laughs> into a chocolate chip cookie and there's no chocolate? Have you ever had that happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's well, the worst. Think about this. Yep. Yeah. These pill presses, they they just drop fentanyl and they 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 drop this powder as needed. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's looks it's you think about it like a chocolate chip cookie one choc one pill one cookie may have 50 chips in it one pill may have one chip in it and so that's what the scary part is is you may take a pill that was made in a different batch and it had 60% fentanyl you take a pill and it has 10% fentanyl you die you live so for, so when the DEA are seizing these pills, four out of 10 pills contain 60% or more fentanyl in it. Jesus. So when you talk about Russian roulette, mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. You don't know because these cartels, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not trying to kill off their people. But check this out. Here's, and I, if I'm talking too much, just- No, just no, me, you're, you're doing great. Rocks. You're doing great. But this mm-hmm. is the interesting part is in the US, we have- Guys that are dealing. The guys that are overdosing their clients. So the drug dealers that are that are overdosing their their guys that are buying from them become the hot commodity because they have the hottest drugs. So people know they're overdosing people. So users go to that person because what? they want the strongest content available. That's crazy. It's crazy. It, thank you. It's crazy, but we've all been in active addiction. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? I want more. I want more. I want him.
0: I want it stronger. I'm going to him or her, whoever's dealing. Uh, so my son going back to his questions, right. Thank you for all that, because I'm going to relay this to him. I'll probably let him listen to this episode, honestly. Uh, because we talked about, he's like, how come the government isn't stepping in and saying enough is enough. How come he, he, you know, again, his mind is just like blown open right now around the subject matter. And I said, because we can't, it's not a, it's not a, a drug company that is making this. So they can't regulate it. They don't really know where it's coming from, you know? So how come the government, ha- so I guess the question is
1: how come the government hasn't, has just said, just get, this needs to go off the market completely. Such a good question. And you know, I don't know if you've been watching, but there's senators all over the U.S. that have written letters that implored our president to make it a weapon of mass destruction. Do you know that fentanyl, that opioids have killed more people than COVID, Jesus. heart attacks, traffic accidents, all combined? 107,000 people last year lost their lives. That was last year. And you know, as well as I do, the numbers are off. They're, they're skewed. Here's the reason yeah. Yeah. is we talk about this Narcan, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Narcan
1: is saving lives, but there are men, I, I want to get back to your question, but it's this, this Narcan is important. And we have an issue with the numbers, 107,000 people, because there's guys that are going to the hospital from overdosing, they get treated. They get okay. They kick them out the door, and they go and overdose again. Mm. I know officers that have that have used Narcan on the same person seven times in a week. Jesus, and they're still alive. So the government. So here's what you're thinking: it, it's it's really political because we know it's coming from Mexico. It's coming through China. Those two countries are the biggest providers. We've begged them, please make it a weapon of mass destruction because if they're using that, then we as a a country can act differently it's an act of war right and that's heavy
0: just having you say
1: that an act of war
3: well it is i mean like
1: it's that that's like whoa okay do you know there's been more fentanyl deaths in the last three wars combined
3: how is this possible i mean
1: how come Okay, keep going with this. Like, how come nobody's so, not doing anything? I'm yeah, just kind of like, yeah. So what that's the- a, those are good questions. So a second thing is, we know we've identified the two cartels in Mexico that are tra- that are creating it, making it, advertising it. I mean, everything we know who they are. Yet our government refuses to put them, make them terrorists, because you know how we act towards terrorists. If That cartel, if if it's an act of terrorism, then we're going to go take them like we did Osama bin Laden. Mm
3: -hmm. We're going to use force. Mm -hmm.
1: That's the problem I have is, wait a minute, you're allowing Americans to lose their lives, but you won't act on their soil. We're willing to go kill a man in in Iraq, in Afghanistan, but we Mm -hmm. won't. So it's it's very political. Uh um, And that's the problem is our government is not taking this stuff serious. Okay. So,
0: okay. So it's an act of, what did you call it? An act of war? A mass destruction, a lethal weapon.
1: weapon. Yeah. So, so there's, there's senators that have, that have asked to make it a weapon of mass destruction. A weapon of mass destruction. Okay. And hold that thought. Let me tell you why. In 2002, Russia has made fentanyl in an aerosol and have used it against their own people. So there was an incident where some, some terrorist, um, kidnapped a bunch of people the russian a russian uh hit squad went in busted in used fentanyl to knock them out a oh hundred 100 of the terrorists
3: died Yep. That's, okay
1: that's, so that so fentanyl is not just the drug you ingest but it can also be used as an aerosol mm-hmm. and a weapon of mass destruction and see that's what our government it's so bad that our government just mm-hmm. placed sanctions against China last month saying we're not sending you guys fentanyl anymore mm-hmm. so if we know that this is you're gonna get yeah. me pissed off. Yeah. this is what yeah. pisses me off because we see it everywhere our government mm-hmm. knows about it mm-hmm. but we're okay that these young men and women are losing their lives that's why we're talking.
0: Okay. So how do we get it to become a a weapon of mass destruction? How do we get that? Like, boo, is it, is it about awareness? Is it about putting the flag up and having people vote? Is it like, what makes that happen?
1: Well, it has to be voted upon. It has to be, it has to go in front of the, from the Congress and it has to be voted. And, and, and the problem is it's being ignored. It's there, it's sitting there, people are talking about it. I mean, if you read the news, the DEA yeah. is begging them please make it a weapon of mass destruction because yeah. now we can act as a as a country differently. Yeah. We can use more violence. And and I know that sounds crazy, but man, oh, okay, so everybody wants a piece of this pie, right? And we talk about like prevention and and information and education. Those are the pie, those are the big words that people are using. But in my mind it I wanted to hit the other side. Like, I think we need to be proactive. We need to infiltrate this and we need to execute, right? The problem is when I worked undercover and we found somebody dealing like this, we went after them. We attacked them. We did search warrants on them. We stopped the problem. Yet we're not doing the same thing on the higher level. So it pisses me off.
3: This is nuts.
0: It's nuts. It's nuts. Thanks for giving all that information. Tomorrow, I know you have a question. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, more a comment. So my dad and I are actually doing a documentary on Beyond Recovery. And one of the interviews that we're doing is, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Fentanyl. And so he was a doctor. And if you um, look it up, George Otto, and he was a family physician. And he was actually working with a pharmacist to bring fentanyl. And he had quite a booming business of fentanyl distribution. And he was actually sentenced to 12 years in prison. But because he was released, he ended up fleeing. And now he's a fugitive still, right? So that's also part of the problem is that's going on. And there's just there's so much to okay, it. Yeah, wait, it's, wait, it's wait, 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 yeah. wait, Tamar, wait, 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 wait,
0: Tomorrow, wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait, you guys interviewed him?
2: We didn't interview Dr. Fentanyl. We had interviewed a father whose son died from the distribution of his drugs. He had oh, went to prison, got clean, come yep. out, yep. and then ended up using and died right away. Oh, my God. So and the, now the, the father gone. tells the story. Mm, yeah. Right. It's insane.
1: Well, That's- Lane, you know fentanyl has a medical use, right? You've heard of a fentanyl patch. Yes. So instead of, instead of taking an, mm-hmm. an opioid orally... You can take this patch and put it on your body. Like Mm -hmm. I, when I had surgeries, they started giving me those fentanyl patches. And the craziest story is when I was going through my active addiction, I had a buddy come over to my house and say, wait, you got fentanyl patches? And I'm like, yeah, I don't use them. He was like, can I have them? (gasps) And I'm like, yeah, take them. And so I didn't know at the time, Mm -hmm. because I didn't need fentanyl because I was getting prescribed as many opioids as I wanted. He was taking out the, he was using the patch and he was taking out the solution from the inside of the patch and then shooting it up what yeah
0: okay that is desperate but again as an addict i know desperation so i guess i want to get clarity on uh it has to go into the bloodstream or the mucus membrane it has to pass the mucus membrane right so it has to be smoked snorted uh, injected. Can it be eaten?
1: Yeah. I mean, you can eat fentanyl.
0: So when if you, you eat it, cause I guess the kids ate the gummies, right?
1: Yeah. The gummies are making suckers out of it. I mean, yeah. So it can any,
0: any way it goes into the body, it's going to have an effect and possibly, as you said, you're playing Russian roulette with it every single time.
1: Yes. The, the one disclaimer is
3: mm-hmm.
1: touching it, touching, like picking up a piece of fentanyl uh-huh. is not going to kill you. Got it. Like, it's not going to go through your skin that quick to kill you. Uh-huh. Um, but you did see last week, the officers back East, they got in a fight with a guy. He removed a white powdery substance from his pocket and threw the fentanyl <laughs> or through the powder, they, they're, they're searching. I mean, but they both one overdosed the officer, the other one started to overdose and a nurse. That was off-duty, had two canisters of, of Narcan, drove yep. up, administered it to them, and saved their lives. Oh my God. Yeah, so, I mean, in powder form, thrown at them, I'm sure it went in their eyes and their mouth, yep. their nose. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Immediate.
0: So you have, you don't really know how much time you have either then, after ingesting.
1: No, you don't. And here, this is something for your son. This is kind yeah. of sad that I, I, I want parents to understand this this is a, understand that stats change all the time with with mm-hmm. the number of deaths but the last that i heard that 66% of the youth that are dying oh my god are dying in their homes in their rooms
3: that makes That's me extremely uncomfortable, uncomfortable.
1: and i mm-hmm. can't tell you the amount of ladies and women i, I and men that i have podcasted with with mm-hmm. their son or daughter has died and mm-hmm. that was the case they they go to a party yeah they take a pill they don't know what it is Right. But their back hurts. They have anxiety, whatever their buddy says. Hey, this is this will make you feel better. Yeah. They take it. They start feeling a little queasy. They're like, Hey, I'm going to go home. They go home. They go into their room and die. And that's it. And that's it because nobody even sees them overdosing. Yeah. And then they come in the next morning and they're, they're dead.
3: They're done. They're,
0: yeah. Anxiety, you know, for right now, all the COVID kids, I can just see the, how this would be an important, like, an easy here's a pill. This is going to help with your anxiety at school, right? Just friend to friend, they have no idea. Ugh, it's so, it's devastating. A, this
1: is this was even scarier. There was, and I and I'd actually talked to these detectives mm. in uh, I want to say it was uh, Ohio. I have to look at my notes, but they found. Pills that were stamped, they were white, and they were stamped with a Tylenol logo.
0: Get out of so here.
1: Side to side, they looked exactly like a Tylenol, 60% fentanyl. And that was the way they were masking. They were stamping it with uh-huh. the Tylenol. Mm-hmm. So think about your daughter. Hey, I got cramps. You go to your friend. Yep. Hey, I got some mad cramps right now. Do you have anything? Oh, yeah, I got this Tylenol. Yeah. Your child thinks, Oh, this is great. This is a Tylenol, it's gonna help me. Yep. They take it and they die. Oh my God.
0: So really the message here, and this is not only for parents. I mean, I think this is an episode for everybody to hear that, you know, this is, we're in a living in a world (laughs) where this is a possibility. We're going to all know somebody who dies from this.
3: Mm Yes. Yes.
2: And one of the other things I wanted to mention is, you know, like there's, it's, I feel like it's so easy today to prescribe Mm -hmm. painkillers. You know, I was Mm -hmm. prescribed oxys when I was younger and I actually had a guy that said, can I buy those off you? I'm like, why would you want to do that? Um, (laughs) I'm going to have them all right. Because I was not going (laughs) to release those. Um, But like, you know, uh, we interviewed another uh, gentleman whose son is on the streets as a her- heroin user and using fentanyl because he mm-hmm. went to the dentist and got prescribed oxy's yeah. and be- and and became an addict and that's a scary thing right we get it's so easy to like here there's some pain and i think people need to be really mindful if they've never experienced painkillers before yeah. that awareness that hey this could happen to you right yeah. it's not because yeah. people think well it's never going to happen to me and I know lots of people mm-hmm. who have fell into addiction later on in life because of that.
0: This 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 little conversation right here about the pain and get it going to the doctor or dentist, right? And they ask you, Brock, you could probably speak to this, uh, on a scale of one to ten, where's your pain? And then according to that number, they automatically just give you the opioids. Yeah. Right.
3: One to ten. It's like.
1: When I'm a user, I'm (laughs) always at a 10. But 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 this is the thing. It's it's,
0: when you're in that situation, it's always going to be, I'm at a 10. So they're going to prescribe to you. So for our listeners, I think it's just bringing that awareness of how addictive these substances can be and then the long term effect. Like I have not met one person that has not gone on a pain medication who has not gotten.
3: Addicted to it.
1: Well, I mean, how many pills do they give you? Think
3: yeah, that. I mean, yeah.
1: I, it, I have a shoulder injury that I that I need to get taken care of, and I'm scared to death mm-hmm. because here's the first thing I'm doing. I'm telling them, guys, I don't. I can't take any pain medication. Yeah, nothing, nothing. So whatever you got, give it to me because I, uh, you know. And so yeah. that's a legitimate thought. So you need to be aware of that. The problem is in, in America, though. We're kind of a we're kind of a soft country. Oh. And let me, let me tell you what I mean by that <laughs> is there are times, and I I interviewed a doctor and she was the one that kind of put me in on this is we never know if we're in pain or not, mm-hmm. because when we go to the doctor, the first thing they want to do is give us opioids. They want to get us out of pain. Well, we take those for so long. We don't even know if we're in pain anymore. Right. Well, where's your pain level? I don't know. I don't really know because I've been taking opioids, right? And so that's kind of a fear is we need to know that. Yes, that I have
0: sense. a very very dear friend of mine who uh, got stuck in this trap. And they didn't they didn't they couldn't differentiate the truth from the false anymore, right? And they didn't realize how addicted they were you know five surgeries later uh erect uh, marriage cars broke like how everything you know tore up because they didn't realize you know like they didn't have the pain but they were still on the medicine and it's like
1: oh my god but lane i want to i want to clarify that there is a there is a major difference between physical pain yeah and mental pain true and there's and there's a massive chemical hook that comes with these opioids i was out of pain way, way long before I was out of this pain,
3: mm-hmm. like
1: my, my pain that I was, that I was masking it with. And, and so that's the problem is there's no mental health evaluation yes. that goes along with it. Because if someone <laughs> would to come in and talk to me and said, Hey,
3: that's it. bro,
1: can that's we sit down it. and talk? Yes.
0: yes. That is
1: it. The trauma,
0: right? We are a, a community of trauma survivors here. And nobody is talking about it. I mean, we just lived through a couple of years of COVID. That is effing trauma,
1: Yes. Right? Trauma.
0: trauma is trauma no matter what. It, it, the body doesn't differentiate, you know, somebody yelling at them or, you know, I'm going to hate to say it, but, you know, the sirens on the street, uh, it, it's trauma. And we need to be talking about that. So what do we do? What do we do, Brock?
1: What do we do? Where do we We go? We talk to our, we talk to our kids. I mean, really the, like nobody's coming to save us. Let's be honest. In your home lane, nobody's coming to save you. Yeah. You're it. You're, you're it. And so my thing is education, (laughs) education, education. I mean, and talk to your kids. Like even my kids are like, dude, dad, we, we talk about this all the time,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, And give your kids an out. And let me, what I mean by that is when I worked undercover, when I worked as a cop, I always told my kids, guys, use me as an out. Mm -hmm. If you ever need a way to get out of peer pressure, use your dad. Your crazy ass dad
3: Mm -hmm. is
1: going to test you. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: My dad will test me for drugs and alcohol. So (laughs) I'm not doing that. So am I going to test them? Probably not but do they have an opportunity to get out of that situation? Like we call it a no shit plan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our kids need to know this. They need mm-hmm. to have a plan when they go to these parties, when they go to their friends, cause they will be peer pressured. They yeah. will be asked to use drugs. They will be asked to use uh alcohol and they will be, there will be sex around. Mm-hmm. And so those are some things that we really got to talk to our kids. We got to armor them. We got to power them up. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we can give them a way out of a, of a situation, we may save their life. Oh. oh, hey, if you get a pill, guess what, man? I, you know, my dad said he's testing me this week. I just cannot do it. Is it a lie? Maybe, maybe not. I don't care. If Does it save a life? Yes. Mm-hmm. So having a plan, going with the buddy, you know, having somebody with you, don't ever take anything from anybody. If it's not prescribed, don't take it. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't go to these rainbow parties where these kids come in. You know what a rainbow party is, right? No, what is that? So rainbow party is when you come in, you bring all of your parents' prescriptions. <gasps> no! You dump them in a bowl, right? You mix them up, and then <laughs> no. kids come up and they scoop them up, take them, boom, drink it. That's a rainbow party. They just mix a bunch of drugs. The problem is you don't know what you're getting, but these oh, kids are wow. willing to do it because of the beer pressure. Oh, I was told to bring the, my access into this party is prescription medication. Boom, here they are. <gasps> I stole these from my dad.
3: And wow. so, so
1: this, these rainbow parties are super scary. I mean, they're happening today. We hear about them all the time. And what happens if fentanyl accidentally gets inside of there? People are dying. We're dead. 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 And these are, these are not overdoses. Please, we use the word overdose so people can understand. These are, these are fentanyl poisoning. Has nothing to do with an overdose.
0: Weapons of mass destruction.
1: Mass destruction. That, <laughs> that's what it is.
0: That's just a, that's exactly how, how that's my new term now.
1: It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, if I could just one more bit of counsel. Yes. Social media. Oh God. Yes. Is the new trap house tomorrow. What? Okay. You, you, you know what a trap house is, right? We've all been in these crack houses. We've all bought You know, we've all been there. Yeah. Social media is where our kids are finding the drugs they and, and this will be good for your listeners. When I sold and bought drugs as an undercover cop, it was there was some danger involved, it was sketchy. Mm. Like I had to find the guy, it had to be a covert operation, I had to meet him at his place, whatever. We had to go into some some shady crap and, and trade money for drugs. And there was there times where guns were yeah, it was crazy. But today, a kid can go on social media,
3: Snapchat. Find a plug, which is your user. Have the deal set up, the drugs
1: delivered to your house and paid for, all without making contact verbally.
0: How is that possible? Wow.
1: All through social media.
3: How how are they paying? How are they paying? Grubhub. Grubhub. Or any of these other...
1: Oh, the delivery systems, they're, they're setting it up on their phones to where they, it looks like oh Grubhub. God. It looks like, yeah. That's and good. how do Amazon, they- This is better than Amazon Prime. This shit's coming to your house, to your door.
0: How, how do they get it to the house?
1: They drive it. It's set up.
0: Get out of here.
1: It's all, The drug dealer never even has to see you. You do it on your phone. They send you an emoji. Oh you respond God. with an emoji. They send you an emoji. You get the emoji. Yep. And you pay for it all online. And if you want, I mean, I can send you, I can send you the, like how kids are doing it with yes. the emojis. The DEA has actually put out pamphlets on these emojis themselves too. So mm-hmm. it's not like this isn't super secret stuff. This is how our yeah. kids, yeah. Th- we used our own language. Tamar, when you, when you were buying drugs, right? You, you had a language. You never said the word cocaine. Like, no. you, you know, white chicks or whatever you used as, as yours, Right. And our kids are doing the same thing. They're smart. They're using their phones, social media, boom, and they're getting it. And Snapchat is the most dangerous. So one warning to parents, guys, it's okay to look at your kids' phones. Yeah. It's okay to have that connection. Is it invasion of privacy? I don't know. Do you pay for the phone? Do you have that relationship with your kid? Give me your damn phone. I want to see what the hell you're doing. Come here. Let's talk about this stuff.
0: Okay. I got to tap on that for a second because I just got a notification from Google because my kid is turning 13 that it's all access now. At 13, he has all access to everything. And I thought, no, no, Mm -hmm. I do not want him accessing everything. No. Right, it's like it's like I have to be the police of my own kid, right?
1: It's, Nobody's coming to save you. you
0: nobody. To, I you love how to. you are saying this. Like no, yeah. no, we are. Oh God, tomorrow you're home. liable, and, and Just, I yes. can't tell
1: you how many parents <laughs> are like Brock. I'm not looking through my kid's phone. Mm. My kid would never do this. No, uh, not my kid. And guess what? Your yeah. kid is the one yeah. that's overdosed, and and they and after we've talked on the podcast, are like, I that was my thinking. I thought my kid, I thought that was the greatest parent, but our kids are, like you said, their kids are struggling. They have mental health issues and they want to talk about it. But as parents, we don't have that relationship. Think Mm -hmm. about what we did when we were kids that our parents never found out about. Oh yeah. They're doing the same thing.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I was out of the house at 12 years old. So I was out when my, like at my son's age right now, man, I was drinking and using right already. I'm, like...
2: i Well, and, and, you know, I think because my partner, she checks her kids' phones. She randomly will go into the room and said, "Give me your phone," and they know, right? So they know this. But I think about to the time when I was using. I mean, my when I got married, my husband's like, "We're moving. You're not mm-hmm. going to be in the same place. Like, I, it'll be more work for you to get in touch with your dealer." So we actually moved away because I didn't know anybody in that in that city. But I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm now how accessible it is right back then mm-hmm. it did curb it for a little while until I managed to find somebody there. But like, I can't, I, that blows my mind. I can't even fathom that. What, Listen, I would probably I am, be dead.
1: Yeah. I am in this work every day. Okay. Yeah. And I had, I had a guy hit me up asking me if I wanted to buy Adderall mm. on Instagram. Mm. <laughs> And I'm like, listen, I'm in this, this is what I do. And I'm, I'm getting asked to buy. So if I'm getting asked, your kid's being asked. That's not okay. Yeah. It's and it's okay. kind of fun, right? You think about, oh, I got this covert thing going and this guy's texting me and damn. I mean, that's just, yeah, there's a ton we can go into, but for uh, your listeners, they just got to know what's out there.
3: I, I think that's it. Right. It's like, it's like. Letting people know that this is happening. Yeah.
1: And
3: the problem
0: is
1: everybody wants to see what it looks like every day. It changes, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, first it looked like methamphetamines in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's in everything. So it's always changing colors and the, and the cartels can change the color today. It came out a couple of weeks ago, a fresh new batch of purple fentanyl Mm -hmm. was coming out. And if you look at my Instagram, you can you can just see the pictures of it. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not secretive. I mean, they're doing it just to to mask it and hide it and make it look funner.
0: I, I tell you, that Skittle thing just really freaked me out. It, it just makes me so uncomfortable. Um, and I will continue to have conversations with my son. Um, I wonder if this is a subject matter that should go out into the school system, mm. right? Is this a conversation that they should be having at, in, in the classroom?
1: Yes. And in Arizona, we are in the classroom. We are in the okay. schools. Okay. They um, want us to dummy it down. They want us to use no. No. Um, PC. That, that's the problem, right? They want us to, you can't say certain words. You can't show. So check this out. I have a, I have a mom and I should send it to you. I have a mom in, in a, t- a town next to me. She was an ER nurse and her daughter passed away from fentanyl.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
1: asked her, I said, can I have the 911 tape? Oh. I, Cause I want, I want the kids to understand the pro- problem is the trauma that fentanyl is causing. Isn't just you for overdosing or for you for having the poisoning yes. It's the trauma caused. Mom went in there and found the daughter,
3: oh My God.
1: the, the younger brother came in the room as well and saw this and so the voices the screaming it's, yep. it's 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 difficult to listen to and I let them listen to it the first the first group yep. and they came in and said why are you guys using uh fear tactics to scare us into not using I'm like bro this is real life shit this this is what happened this is a lady in the community next door to you guys and mm-hmm. it's happening we don't want you to use it anymore so and I and I it's hard because I'm like, man, you, this is what keeps us from this education. This is yeah. real stuff. So, so they're not
0: letting you use
1: real life, real life. Yeah. And here's another question I have. Yeah. Lane, go to your, go to your school where your son goes and ask yep. them if they have Narcan on site. I will ask them, ask the nurse, do you have Narcan? Mm-hmm. Cause we just had a school I mm-hmm. mean, um, it just happened in Hollywood, four kids overdose. We just had a school right here in Queen Creek, a young man overdosed on fentanyl. And it's like, as a parent, you have to have it. Yeah. It's, it's not, should I carry fentanyl? It's, I need to have fentanyl just in case. And it not, might not be my child, but it might be then the kid that comes and visited and he's in the house and I walk in there and I see him overdosing.
0: Should I have Narcon, not fentanyl?
1: Narcan. It's, oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Narcan. You got to have, you got to have Narcan available on you in your possession, in your purse, at your home. I mean, I have like four or five in my office just in case someone comes in, you know I mean? It's just important to have.
0: Okay. So let me just ask, because again, totally new, this is a new conversation for me. So I can get this on Amazon.
1: You can't, you have to go to a pharmacy. It's still, it's still somewhat controlled. You have to go to a pharmacy and get it, but it's, you can walk up to Walgreens. Hey, I need a a thing of, of Narcan. Okay. And you can just get it through your insurance. Super cheap. I think it's in some places it's actually free.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can walk down to Walgreens and say, I need some Narcan and I should have like two, two on hand. Yeah. One, one on one in the car. Yep. And one in my bag.
1: That's it. Oh, have it. Yeah. This and it's is- not if it's going to happen, it's when it happens. I mean, 107,000 people are dying. Right. So we're all affected by it. Right.
0: It's our lives are being touched by
1: this drug. Yeah. This trauma is bleeding all over us.
3: Right. Uh, okay. So we have some
0: homework for our listeners, I think. I think one of the questions that are a little assignments that I would like to give our listeners is to ask your school if they have narcan like I'm going to ask mine another little thing that we can take away from this conversation is perhaps finding the language on how to speak with your little one your kiddo you know it's like here it is this is the truth brock do you have a class that you do or um like a, a webinar for parents or anything like that?
1: We, uh, we don't, no. okay. we don't, we don't have anything like that, but uh, I would be willing to help out. If you want to put one together, let's, let's do it, you know, yeah. for your groups. Um, I'm so vocal about it. So everybody yeah. that knows me yeah. knows, but so, but, but I think that's an incredible question. And then the second question, if they don't have Narcan in the school, why not?
0: Well, why not?
1: Why not? why not? Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you have it?
0: Because how many kids are dying of this?
1: 107,000. Well, that was last year. I bet you yeah. were the, I bet we're going to be closer to 150,000, 150,000 this year. Wow. Yeah.
3: Yeah. This was a heavy episode.
1: <laughs> heavy, guys.
0: Heavy, because this is a heavy subject. This is, you know, real life. And that's what we do here at the Now What Societies. We talk about, Subject matter that is difficult. It's challenging things that we don't want to talk about. Uh, we want everyone to feel comfortable talking about them, you know, uh, tomorrow, how, what are you going to do next with this conversation?
2: Oh, I'm going to go grab some and keep it on me. Cause a lot of people here do a lot of people have it in their car, in their purse. It's yeah. very common here. And, you know, I've always been like, well, you know, I have a pretty isolated life now I'm in the house doing my thing, mm-hmm. but for those times when I'm out, I mean, yeah. it could save a life. So yeah, I'm, could I'm, save a life. I'm gonna do that. That's uh, my homework to myself.
0: Yeah, it could save a life. I, I, I just think about that nurse who had it on her with those two policemen. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: just it's so wild. If you don't mind, Land, let me. This yeah. Conversation that you're gonna have with your boy. Yep. And one of the reasons that I don't, I don't script questions is because. Your, your relationship with your son is going to be different than I have with my daughters, right? So you got to know your people, know your tribe, know how to talk to them. With me, I'm straight up just like, hey, this stuff's going to hit you in the face. You're going to be seen by it. Let's have this conversation. And both of my daughters have heard about it and heard it at school. So it's not a secret. One's how old are your kids? How old are your daughters? Eight. One's an eighth, one's a junior in high school. And then I have f- five of my own that are, these are my bonus kids. And I have five that are gone. right and so they're in it they're they're inundated with and so they're hearing about it so they're like oh we've had this conversation i'm not i'm not getting involved in this so talk just just the conversation is not easy it's like having the sex conversation with your kids the first time it's clunky man it's like how do what do i do right how do i how do i broach this and so just
3: just be fearless and have this conversation It is about being fearless, and that's
0: who our listeners are,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? We are a community of driven women trying to make the world better uh, and really just wow i'm- i'm stumped i'm I'm makes me angry i gotta tell you, just makes me angry that we are living through this time, and that we have to i have to um. Nobody's coming for me. Nobody's going to protect just the way you said that. Like I have to be the advocate. Um, I have to be the watch guard, man. It's just, it's huge. Would you rather Tamar? Do you have one?
2: I don't have one. Do you, it looks like you do. Okay. I'm going to
3: make it up on the fly. Okay. Okay. Brock ready? Let's go. Would you rather eat ice cream? every day for the rest of your life mm. or have your favorite ice cream tonight for the last time.
1: That's easy. Tonight for the last time. I'm not an ice cream guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, yeah. if you said sushi. Okay. Sushi, um, I'm the rest of my life. <laughs> the rest of your life. It's the rest <laughs> of my life. I can have it three times a day. Oh my but god! Ice cream, just give it to me one more time when I'm cool, and you're done with it.
2: Oh no, wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that is. I just about went into shock. No, yeah.
1: one time, especially when cake and ice cream are together on the same plate and they're mixed. Oh, oh. that's so bad. Oh, no, not doesn't do work it. for you. Doesn't no. work. <laughs> nope.
2: I I don't know. I because I'm trying to clean up my eating. I uh-huh. probably would want the best. Mm. For the last time, I could think exactly what ice cream I'd have.
1: Oh, man. Rainbow sherbet.
2: Oh, no. Rainbow sherbet. I know.
1: It's weird, huh? I think I'm no, the only I, guy. I'm a fan,
2: but not, not a lot of people good. like it.
1: Yeah. Sherbert's Rocky good. Road, Rainbow Sherbet, two scoops from Thrifty. That's me. I don't know why. Yes. It's the weirdest thing <laughs> ever. My wife's like, that is so weird. I'm like, it's delicious. But it's so good. just one more time, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I think
0: I. I'm the crazy one here. I'm the one that's going to have it every day for the rest of my life. Mm. (laughs) You know, I just don't even know why I don't even like it that much. But the thought of giving it up, giving it up. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Man, Brock, thanks so much for hanging out with us and being a part of this conversation and doing the work that you do. I'm just so thrilled that I know you and that you're a human. (sighs) You're a human being. Thank you ladies it
1: it was an honor to be on here and and to help you yeah this is you guys are beautiful people keep it up thanks
0: uh for all of you listening for our listeners in uh, costa rica or japan or in prague uh you know just thanks for being with us and you know wherever you're at in the world this is going to be a conversation that maybe you want to have with just your girlfriend right? Start there. Have you heard about this? Do you know anything about this? Uh, Bring it up to your partner. You know, what do you think about this? Uh, And join the community and talk about it in the community. Yeah, I'm so grateful. Tamar, thanks for hanging out with me.
2: Lane, it was a pleasure. Thanks for hanging out. And thank you everyone for hanging out with us. And uh, yeah, join us next time.
0: We'll see you next time.